0: Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping and equipping parents as well as children's ministry workers discipling the children within their care. We're happy to have you with us today, uh, whether it be for your first time or whether it be for your 16th time, if you've listened to every episode so far. Today, we're going to be talking about patriotism. Paradise and parenting. So a lot about how we're to relate to our country as as Christians and how we're to teach our children to, and even how we're to celebrate the Fourth of July. As always, we're hosted by myself, uh, Pastor Tony Trussoni, the family, children, and young adult pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland, as well as my co-host,
1: Ben Palaz, the family and children's discipleship pastor in Augusta, Georgia at Curtis Baptist Church, and Tony, I just have to say, you are a true good Baptist preacher with your alliteration there, with your three Ps. Do you have a poem for us today, too?
0: <laughs> I don't,
1: unfortunately.
0: Um. So, Yeah. You know, definitely. I remember in Bible college in our preaching class, we were strongly encouraged by our Baptist by a Baptist pastor to use alliteration and you know, at some point you start spitting, you know, when you <laughs> see all those syllables together. <laughs> it is a risk definitely is so well fourth of july is coming up soon after this podcast is posted it's being recorded about a month and a half still but you know still we're getting in kind of the fourth of july spirit i've even seen some fourth of july things advertised at stores already have you
1: Uh, i have not
0: Yeah, I've seen some American flag t-shirts and some different things like that already. So, you know, some really interesting American flag things. You know, they put American flags in anything nowadays. You know, I really wouldn't be surprised if Taco Bell even comes out with an American
1: flag burrito. Yeah, you just wait. (laughs) With blue beef. (laughs)
0: That sounds pretty horrible. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully this podcast doesn't sound quite as horrible. So with that, I want to ask, what are your plans for Independence Day this year, Ben?
1: Well, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I don't know, maybe blow something up. I I mean, try to get my kids to to go to sleep despite people around me blowing up stuff. The the last, I don't remember when it was, there was some sort of event with fireworks. Maybe it was New Year's Eve. And our neighbors... Got right up next to our house. I think. I mean, their, their driveway was kind of close, and they were blowing up fireworks, and it hit my daughter's window. Like I actually heard shrapnel hit the house, and of course she came out of her room. And she's like, "They're shooting at my window!" You know, I had to assure her things were okay, and thankfully they they hung it up after that. But uh, I was I was not amused. And trying to get my children to go to bed at night, so. We're having an event on July 2nd in our church to try to minister to our church people as well as to reach out to some some people as well
0: they will be good. So, yeah, the it can be a good time of year. But at the same time with kids, it can be interesting in that way. Not a lot of sleep that night. It's, it's interesting, and not even just with kids. When I was growing up, we had a Dalmatian. And he hated 4th of July. He was always scared to death, you know. And we have to keep him outside because or else he would have his accidents all over the carpet during 4th of July. <laughs> so it can be not as exciting of a time for some people. Uh, for us, often our church... Uh, does a young adult fellowship with uh, some church folks on Fourth of July, and I think that we'll probably do that this year. We're working out some details on that. At uh, uh, kind of a like grill out, uh, having some burgers and just kind of hang out together. So you know, I think either way, I'll eat lots of meat and other unhealthy foods. Perhaps something wrapped in bacon. You know, that would be pleasant. So
1: <laughs> that <laughs> well, sounds great.
0: Yes, we'll probably see a local, a few local fireworks. You know, people blow off fireworks in their neighborhood somewhat, and they will be able to see some a little bit in the distance. You know, we're not really, we don't really get watching fireworks. We're not the type, you know, as much that goes out to see a big fireworks show. To me, a little bit, you know. Perhaps you'll tune out from this, but I kind of feel like if you've seen one fireworks show, you've kind of seen them all. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> so. We talked about ways that we celebrate 4th of July now and with our family coming up, but what are some ways that you celebrated
1: the 4th with your parents as a kid? You know, we did many cookouts. I had grandparents that had pools, or we went to a friend's house. We sometimes, there's a, a military base here. I, I live in the town that I grew up in, uh, moved away and came back, and but there's a military base here, and so they had a big show. We, we went out there a couple of times, but it was never anything too grand. I mean, we might watch a baseball game on TV or something.
0: The back when the Braves were actually good.
1: Yeah, back when you had a Hall of Famer pitching you know, three days in a row. Uh, that is those, true. those were the glory days.
0: Yes, they were for you guys. Yeah, when I was growing up and watching the brewers, it was less so the case. Uh, (laughs) For us, yeah, we would always grill meat, you know, multiple kinds of delicious meat, whether it be sausages, sometimes steaks, sometimes burgers. Ugh! Oh, wonderful, uh, delightful. I I love my meat. I have to say, and it will probably be the end of me, but it will. Uh, but I will enjoy the end of me at least. We would always, we'd always make sure to blow up some stuff, you know, set off some fireworks, and and you know, I liked the little firecrackers that I could blow things up in a chain or whatever I needed to do. Pretty much anything that I could legally get, or sometimes illegally get, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, you know, one thing we had a cottage in Lake in Wisconsin growing up. And I I really had fun. It's kind of a silly thing, but we would shoot off bottle rockets into the water you know shoot the little tiny ones and uh, see them kind of fizzle out in the water and it was kind of cool so you know and i'm sure that we did a lot of unfortunate damage to the environment and probably killed a (laughs) fish or two in the process but nonetheless we had fun doing it we'd sometimes go swimming at the cottage and enjoy you know time on the lake uh, and my dad's boat and occasionally we'd even see a movie fourth of july was really a big deal for our family we had a lot of fun nice we talked about celebrating it. Is there anything wrong with celebrating Independence Day or patriotism in general?
1: I don't think inherently. I mean, I, I think you could sincerely thank God for letting you live in a place that has the rule of law, has laws that are fairly just. I mean, let's, let's admit, there's throughout the history of our country, there have been laws that, that were not just. But we have many laws that are just. Um, There's the protection of things like speech and religious liberty, and there's financial prosperity. And so there's much, I think, that Americans can be thankful for, or whatever country, you know, if you live— I don't know that we have any international listeners, but, you know, being thankful that God has placed you where he's placed you. And there are things about our culture that we we can enjoy.
0: Absolutely. And we have had some listeners in Canada, so thank you for joining us, Canadians.
1: Yes, (laughs) we love Canada too.
0: We do. We love
1: Canada. Even though it is yeah. so cold.
0: Spoiler, by the way, with Canada. You know, I know Canadians are, are huge on their Tim Hortons coffee, but Tim
1: Hortons is terrible.
0: America's got <laughs> <guy. laughs>
1: no, I, I You and I both used to work with someone who grew up in uh, in Montreal. It's talked about there being snowdrifts in June. I thought, oh my, <laughs> people live yes. there? I think
0: with Independence Day, you know, gluttony can kind of be an issue. With uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay to Eat a lot sometimes, but have celebrations. But you know, I think when we eat like it's Fourth of July every single day, which sometimes we do, I think that there's a little ethical concerns there. Blowing off your hands and fireworks is generally not a good thing, not ideal at least. No, <laughs> uh, but I think most celebration of the Fourth and Independence Day, or really any kind of holiday to celebrate your country, as most countries have a holiday to celebrate their country, is innocent fun, and it can actually be honorable, you know, and be glorifying to God. But I do think that. Both the celebration of Independence Day as well as patriotism in general, it can become idolatry of putting country over God, you mm-hmm. know. And I think sometimes we even see this on on with Fourth of July as a holiday. That think if a Christian is more excited about celebrating their country on the fourth than they care about celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Easter. You know, perhaps that should ask some questions about what your values are. Absolutely. <laughs> Does the Bible actually say anything about patriotism, Ben?
1: Uh, I guess it depends how you define patriotism. I I don't think it directly does. Now, I mean, you may differ. Uh, I don't see anything direct, but okay. you're not commanded to think that the place that you live is the best. Now, mo- uh, many people do. Now, there's also many people who don't. I mean, they, they love their family, but they live in an awful place you know with awful leaders who are unjust and cruel and you know thugs who run around and and do what they want thankfully in America that that's not quite the situation that we have and so but we're not commanded to think that our place is best you know we're certainly not commanded to identify most as a citizen of whatever nation American British Congolese whatever if you're a Christian you're not supposed to identify most as your your nationality Um, but you're a citizen of another kingdom. And so, yeah. but you are commanded to love your neighbors and submit to and honor the authorities of the place that you live.
0: Yeah, I have a few verses that I want to bring up. I, you know, Romans 13, 1 through 5 in general, but I'll highlight Romans 13, 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god i think that shows us that even some of these really evil authorities and this is probably referring to an emperor that did a lot of horrible things to christians that follow the lord that are appointed by god and that we are called that that these uh leaders are gifts from god for the good of humanity in general we're called to submit and respect our leadership in our country. And I think that is somewhat a patriotic concern. You know, First Timothy 2, 1 through 3 tells us that we're to pray for our leaders, that uh, the, first of all, I urge that supplication, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. I'll kind of stop there. So yeah, I think that we're called to pray even for those in leadership. I think, it one could even argue that we're called to pray for our country, yeah. the country that we share together. You know, I'm Further, I really find interesting when we talk about these kind of things, Jeremiah 29, 7, which Jeremiah 29, 7 talks about how the Israelites were to live when they were in Babylon, when they are off in the exile in Babylon. And he, and you know, many of which wanted to oppose and essentially even wanted to act as terrorists against the Babylonians. Instead, Jeremiah says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its it's welfare, you will find your welfare. And I think we are called, even today, to seek the welfare of our country, to be good citizens, to try to benefit our country, to try to love our country in whatever way that takes form.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's very sound, godly, biblical words on that.
0: Now, I did mention, you know, on a lot of those verses, I talked about allegiance to country, but is allegiance to our country our greatest allegiance,
1: Ben? Surely not. I mean, we are... Uh, I, I was just teaching Sunday from 1 Corinthians 5. We, we were trying to get into 6. We didn't quite make it. But I'm um, in a group study, and it was talking about bringing sin before the church. And um, it's, you know, when you're assembled together in the name of Christ and, and the authority that this group of people has in your life it does it's legal sounding kingdom sounding and and that our allegiances have changed that that we're not most an american we're we're christians who who god has placed in america or, or canada or wherever else
0: that's good that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Our citizenship is in heavenly, as Philippians three twenty says, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to quote that, but Philippians three twenty says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is that is our first and foremost citizenship not citizenship to any country of this earth or this earth in general and in fact you know i think the bible shows it so much that in hebrews 11 the author describes us as being exiles on this earth that we're away from our home we're that our true home country is this new heaven and new earth that we're we're going to live forever with king jesus but we're exiles from that country and again and true and and you know, we are exiles together, those who were even scattered. We are together across the world, all Christians, one nation, uh, as First Peter shows us. We are made into one nation regardless of whether we speak English, Chinese, whether we're from Canada, whether we're from Cambodia, whether we're from England. If we are in Christ, we are one greater, more important nation than American or British or whatever, uh, and our king—that kingdom that we're part of—is not of this world. But nonetheless, God does want us to care for country. But God always and always comes before country. Mm-hmm. That, and I think you're so spot on. You know, and the Bible speaks of that often, just like in your study in First Corinthians. Mm. Can can country though ever become an idol then? <laughs>
1: Yeah, country can sure become an idol. I mean, just look up the dictionary definition for U.S. presidential election. It just seems to get worse every time. Now, I mean, I don't have stats on that. It's a definitely a qualitative look at it. But I remember pretty young being tuned into political elections and and that kind of thing. And um, you know, each one people seem to think is more and more critical and you know their candidate is going to solve all America's problems and if you don't see it that way then you're an idiot or you're evil or something and, you know it can I, I remember hearing a, a, a pastor he was a professor as well talking he had been in a church talking about the kingdom of God and this was in the 2012 election and uh, a, a woman came up to him after and she said, uh, she goes, I hear all that stuff you're saying about the kingdom of God. And, you know, I understand what you're saying. She goes, but this election is absolutely critical. And now, based on kind of the where he was talking, I think I know how that woman voted and that her candidate didn't win, if that's the case. America's still here. The church is still here. You know, yes. Jesus is still on his throne. After And so just this, you know... Putting all the eggs in the basket of this election, I think that can become uh, an idolatry. I, I watched a, a video today of a pastor at a rally for a, a president, presidential candidate um, who was, you know, get, rallying the troops, and um, you know, I, it made me uneasy. But the fact that he was identified as the pastor or as a pastor in that city and. You know, just the, the way he was talking about America.
0: but You know, I think there are so many ways that country can become an idol. And I might even argue that sometimes country can become the most prevalent idol uh, in a lot of ways, I think. You know, like so I think, especially in my neck of the woods, maybe, there was an attitude of really of just America first mentality that I think is so counter to our nationality is – as one people, as as God's nation, God's kingdom together. I remember when I was in high school, I was raising money to go on a missions trip uh, for the first time. Soon after I became a Christian. And I was told by uh, someone that they, they didn't want to support, and that's fine, but the reason why was that they felt that there's no need to help foreigners because there's enough need in America, mm-hmm. and that we shouldn't, that it's unpatriotic to help people from other places in any way, even to get, and he you'd expect even to give your money to those from another country, you know? And I think, to, I mean, that's idolatry to me. And much of I think American Christianity displays this kind of thing. Uh, I think much of American Christianity can even be, or suppose a Christianity can just be this God and country religion, you know. Or if anything, that uh, it's a country first mentality, and being truly patriotic is going to church and and being religious and and uh, you know loving Jesus, but not in any real sense, you know. But the country is coming first, you know. And I think a lot of times the truth there's a lot of those people you know who are the god in country christians uh, if they were born in india would likely be an indian hinduism uh, indian hinduism uh person you know if they were born in saudi arabia that they would be a god and country saudi saudi muslim you know and i think country. that that's a real question that we can see this even for example in and the importance sometimes some people do place on the flag. Well, you know, at the same time, you know, we see the flag in everything around this time of year, yet people do disrespect it by putting in a boxer short and stuff like that. <laughs> <or Yeah>. the, <laughs> or that burrito. But, uh, you know, I think that of over veneration of the flag, a veneration of the flag over the cross or you know that uh, of our particular flag in that way. And for some, you know, I think even even a mentality of forcing others to have a level of allegiance to specific country that they're not comfortable with and and despising those who don't share your political values in that.
1: I think that's a it's a really good point. And there's a guy who's he's a pastor and uh professor down in australia but he came to america to for seminary and the, the first uh, july 4th that he was here you know and they went to some friend's house and they were watching the fireworks and this and that and it was just a whole new experience for me he, he, he said what is the big deal with the flag and people getting all upset about them burning the flag and then and then he started hearing the music uh i can't remember if it was what song it was, some sort of patriotic song. And he recognized the tune. It turned out that the, the lyrics, you know, were American and I th- it was something like the tune to God Save the Queen or something. And he thought, wait a minute. They're singing this song of rebellion you know, against the, the Empire. You know, I mean, it was a, a funny moment, but it was just, you know, he he was not from our culture, he, but he was a believer. He's part of the the heavenly kingdom, yeah, uh, but he just did not identify with that. I think it can be. We have people, brothers and sisters, who who live among us who are not, and so I, it can be strange to them or, or even off-putting.
0: Yeah, that's really good. That's very relevant. You know, even in our congregation, we have many people that were not born in the United States and some who are not even citizens in the United States, and we praise the Lord for them, and and we want to be concerned about how, how they respond to things. But what should Christian parents teach their children about country? You know, we've talked a lot about theory of country, but where does this relate to parenting?
1: Well, you know, Acts 17, Paul's addressing the, this intellectual crowd in Athens, and he's basically having to start from scratch, uh, building a biblical worldview before he gets into the gospel. And in Acts 17, 26, he says, From one man, God has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. So, I think you just tell your children, God has put us here. Uh, He decided when we would live and where we would live. And so, thank Him and seek to love the people around you. Um, I think, you know, teaching your children about what has happened in your country, both the good things and the sinful things. You know, we don't have to, just like as we read Scripture and we see sinful, horrific things that people in Israel, or even foolish things that people in the church did, like Peter, you know, in Galatians 2, he's he's distancing himself from uh, the Gentiles. We don't have to say, well, it was a biblical character. He's on our team, and so it was okay. And so even, you know, if we're Americans, we don't have to to defend everything that happened and say, well, it was America, so it was okay. So yeah, I think this is a very big picture um, is how I would approach it.
0: That's really good, yeah. And to echo some of what you actually said in the beginning, I think we teach our kids that our country and much that it represents is indeed a gift of God's mercy, you know. I don't think that we need to teach American exceptionalism to an extreme degree, but, you know, I think that we can teach kids to be thankful for the liberties that we have, thankful for ways in which God has worked through our country in the past and continues to do so. But like most countries, ours has much to commend, but also much to be ashamed of. I know of Christians that want to cover over atrocities in American history and want to pretend that every American leader was a Christian, including some that did some truly horrible things, especially Native Americans, and as well as African Americans. And the I think we have to admit that I think we teach our children that you know we are that we are sinful people. We're a country of sinful people that have done some really sinful, awful things against other human beings. And you know the reason why this is the case is because we're not a true and God's true and eternal people. Countries are temporary. We teach them that countries are temporary, and God has not chosen. Ours is his favorite country, mm. that, you know, God has not chosen that America, that the new heavens and new earth will look just like the United States <laughs> of America. Very true. Yes, but instead, the king, teach them that the kingdom is eternal, and they'll bring all nationalities of Christ followers together forever for all eternity. Mm. That's very good. How can we help our children find their
1: identity first in
0: Christ, not in country, Ben?
1: Well, I think we teach him that Jesus and his church were here before America and will be here after America. Are you sure? <laughs> I've got a hunch. I've got a hunch. I think talk about Jesus more than you talk about America. Yes. You know, in and, and during election season, I that can be, I mean, It's on people's minds, as it should be. I mean, that's a way we can love others by being concerned about what's going on around us locally, state, nationally. uh, Praying for those things, voting, having conversations with other people. But talk about Jesus and have confidence in Him more than in America or the American system. You know, and pray that you love Jesus more than, than you love anything else. Uh, because, you know, some people listening to this may find that, that they are like, ooh, yeah, I, maybe my, my heart is drawn too much towards America, and I'm not as enamored with Jesus, and praying that God would change that. And I think it, as that happens, um, it becomes evident to our children. They see what we love.
0: That's good. I absolutely yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head on that, you know. I think we need to show what we love, and we need to love God more than country, you know. <laughs> And I think in that there should be more enthusiasm among Christians, parents, uh, or even around, especially around their kids, for the cross than for the flag. You know, I think the flag is a great thing. Uh, but, you know, there should be more enthusiasm for the things that represent our eternal kingdom than the things that represent our temporary one. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know of. Of a family uh, that served, loved the Lord and, and certainly was Christians, but uh, had talked to me one time years ago about how they were fearful that if their children were around certain things that they would become missionaries and live really far away and they would really hate that and they don't want their kids to be missionaries. But those that same set of parents had told me in another case and uh, ex- had explained how much how proud they would be if their child went into the military and served overseas. You know, and I think that both can be very good God-honoring things in different ways. But I think that in that, you know, it calls into question who's God and who has become the idol, and So I think we need to be careful with that, and we need to also be careful with the villainizing nature of partisan politics. You know, that is one thing specifically within country. Whether you're British, uh, whether you're in England and you're thoroughly into the Tory party, or you're in America, or you're a devout Democrat, or you're american devout Republican, you know, whatever party you find yourself in, it's so easy to villainize those who disagree with you, though, uh, describing them as monsters, many of whom are believed person christ describing other politicians as crooks just because you know they're the other party or you know i even known of a christian that went to the point of describing a president's uh, young children as as hoodlums and uh, hoodlums on social media and you know and i think that sometimes does call into question you know where your focus is and what's the kingdom focus that you have
1: mm. yeah that is uh very telling very telling how
0: can we show children that Christ church is international, Ben?
1: I think one thing is praying for missionaries and talking just about what God is doing. Um, pray for people groups or unreached people groups. <laughs> Giving to missions. And you have to be careful here because, I mean, in one sense, you, you don't let your... The, your right hand know, or the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Yes. But I think too you can talk to your children about giving. So as a family, you know, mom and dad are gonna give money for this so that the gospel can go or we can help build the church, not the building, but build God's people here. Yeah. I think having books about things like that too, or just having books that where people don't look like them. That is great. You know, and toys even. Uh, I've seen people do that intentionally. White families having baby dolls that were, you know, they were not white. And so just showing God made a variety of people. God likes diversity. Um, and just, that, you know, what God is doing is not just at our church or just in our city or our country. But God is at work all over all the time. And um, just telling them about that.
0: I think that's that's so right and we need to tell them about how God is at work you know and even I think even in historical sense of how God has used figures from different places in history you know I'm a I'm a history church history nerd and you know I want to teach my kids some about church history but along with other current leaders and so you know I think it's great to show heroes of the faith from other places other than our own, you know. It's great to thank the Lord for the Billy Grahams, the Billy Sundays, you know, the John Pipers in America that have done great things for the kingdom. But, you know, I think when we teach our children about how God used a German man named Martin Luther, an African, Northern African named Augustine, how God is at work right now in, our, in the church in Iran and different and different church leaders, i think it shows them that their kingdom is far greater than the united states of america one way i've actually really seen this shown well is uh, the senior pastor of the church we went to in louisville ben larrymore great man of the lord i remember he he would he would often pray for Pastor Saeed, that pastor and I believe he was in Iraq that was imprisoned for his faith. Mm-hmm. You know, he was being and he was facing possible death for teaching of the Lord. And he often would, at home with his family, I remember one time we went over to family dinner and he had his his whole family pray for Pastor Saeed. And I think that brought to attention to his children that Christ Church is international. And I think even opening your home to international Christians that might go to your church or might be perhaps students at a local university or even missionaries, to say, of how God is working in other countries. I think even churches do well to show perhaps Videos in the worship service of of world Christians and things that God is doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What are some ways you have seen churches teach children patriotism?
1: I don't know that it's been specifically children, but just to the the church in general, uh, kind of presenting that all. And you alluded to this, but that all the founders were Christians or something like that. Um, some were, but there were many who were pagans. I mean, they had a Judeo-Christian kind of ethic, uh, but they certainly did not love Jesus. I think, yeah, I heard of a church that had, I don't know if this was in the worship service or what, but it was at the church. It was this big Independence Day deal they did every year, and they had firemen rappel down from the ceiling of the auditorium. Now, oh wow, that sounds cool to watch, but I just don't <laughs> think that has... Uh, a place in in the church Uh, I mean that's just sort of worshipping America when you do something on that scale I mean I I doubt that they did something like that to you know herald the resurrection or something you know and just portraying America as the new Israel or something and and I mean there's been people in in history as well who have done that and you know that we were a city set on a hill I, I don't think that's quite what Jesus was talking about And, I mean, you mentioned this in another podcast, this documentary. It's called Jesus Camp, um, which actually, I don't know if you know this, it was produced by Nancy Pelosi's daughter, or she directed. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew that. You know, and they picked this kind of fringe group that, you know, this kid had like a rat tail mullet. And, you know, I mean, they picked kind of an extreme group to so look at these crazies. Um, But it was kind of hyper-emotionalism and this aggressive culture warrior, let's win America back to being Christian America let's get kids to pray in tongues and have visions and and go on war for Jesus and you know, things like that I, I don't think that's what the Lord would have us do
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a scene in that movie where they basically worshipped a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It literally happened in the the movie. Uh, Yeah, I think that's one of the really really extreme examples. You know, a, a really extreme example I've seen, you know, but... I think in a more subtle way is uh, a church, that I've seen churches that have done, uh, do flag ceremonies, perhaps even with a mission focus on a Sunday, that will be incredibly clear and intentional that the American flag goes first, you know, even to the point of, I remember seeing at one time that someone being very determined that in this flag ceremony, uh, the other flags need to go together, you know, people carry in the flags to put them on the flagpole together, but the American flag goes and itself. Self first and all the other all the other people with the other flags just watch and honor the American flag you know well I think certainly I'm thankful for America among many other countries that kind of exaltation of the flag of America over everyone else you know I, I think can be a display of idolatry you know and I think on actual independence day I think choice of what songs you're going to sing is huge you know I think it can be easy for a church to uh, sing songs that exalt their country more than they exalt our savior. The rather than and I th- I think that we need to be intentional in what we do and even parents and disciplining their own children need to be intentional about what they surround themselves with in that sense. I and I think even perhaps worse I've seen churches that have used Fourth of July or other Sundays to endorse political candidates in the pulpit, and even you know I was at a church that had a prayer service against the Amer- Affordable Care Act and it was up for vote. Well. How is the understanding of? Christchurch as being international and cross-party understood in that.
1: Yeah, I, and, you know, think what you want about the Affordable Health Care Act. That, that that can send a message to other people that unless you align on, you know, public policy on Because even people within a party disagreed on that. And so, uh, unless you take this stance, you're not welcome here. Yeah, I mean, that's...
0: How can churches and parents be cautious but intentional celebrating Independence Day Ben?
1: I think you can use it as a time to, to give thanks to God for the blessings that we have. I mean, just, you know, we use our context. context we're Americans. So thank God for the, the blessings that we enjoy in America, for those who have given of their lives, whether on the battlefield or uh, in the legislative room, you know, to make those things possible for us. And use it as a time to pray for justice and for righteousness in our country, for repentance Uh, Because we certainly need that. and We need that individually and and as a whole. Our country um, embraces lots of sin that we ought to turn from. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. I mean, you know, Christians are beginning to face kinds of persecution in America. But not in the sense that we can't meet openly and publicly like brothers and sisters in China or Saudi Arabia or someplace like that. Um, And so, yeah, thank God. But also remember that God's kingdom goes beyond our borders.
0: That's good. That's fantastic. You know, I think in a very practical way... Uh, one thing I think that I encourage parents to do, you know, have your big barbecue on 4th of July. Uh, have have that great time of family fun. But during your big barbecue or perhaps even church prayer time, thank God for this country. But even more so, thank God for our greater international kingdom that we're part of, that doesn't fade away. Thank God for our temporary allegiance and for our far greater allegiance. In the- perhaps... You know, on 4th of July, you could use family worship as an opportunity to even teach about the gift of country and our greater citizenship, you know, that for us, when we do family worship, we try to work through books of the Bible, but on special cases like that, I think it's appropriate and helpful to pick, you know, talk about God and country, teach some of these passages I've talked to with your kids, Um, you know, and don't neglect, similar to what we talked about last time, if you listen in, don't neglect church for summer patriotic fun, because it does teach something as as you heard before. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow morning I'm going to be sure to roast my Honduran single origin whole bean coffee. In light of our podcast I'll be thinking of our international brothers and sister in Honduras that are part of our true citizenship. And that in our and the new heavens and new earth, uh, as well as I'll enjoy some bacon on Fourth of July and thank God for our citizenship in America.
1: That is a far lesser citizenship. You could drink but your coffee in an American flag mug.
0: That that is a good idea. That is an interesting idea. So, I actually have an I love bacon <laughs> in it too. So. But <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us for our podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we especially thank you for listening today. We encourage you to please download our, our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or even on Stitcher, a review if you enjoyed it, the as it actually helps us benefit and reach more people through reviews, as well as like it and share it on social media. And if you would like to reach out to us and contact us, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have the easiest way to reach us is on twitter and my twitter is at anthony trussoni anthony trussoni t-r-u-s-s-o-n-i and ben's twitter is at ben palaz and last
1: name's p-a-l-a-c-z
0: wonderful so feel free to contact either one of us and we'd be happy to answer any of your questions and perhaps even talk about them on the podcast thank you and god bless